Our mission at Resonate Church is to amplify His voice, demonstrate His love, and expand His kingdom. If you're looking for the full video version of this message, you can find it on our YouTube channel at Resonate Church. This week, we're continuing our sermon series titled Foundations of Love. In this message, Pastor Paul goes over the awesome love that God has towards us is the same love that he's placed within us. I hope you enjoy the message, and if you do, please let us know by leaving a like and subscribing to our podcast. All right, well, let's talk about some things. Um, You know, this time is for me as a pastor to equip you to be able to do life. What is, you know, what is this time for? What does this look like? You think about, like, so much mention was about this revival that's going on down in Asbury and things like that. And it was kind of interesting because Taylor came up here and talked about his personal revival that happened in a bathroom. Think about that for a minute. Lord, I want to experience your presence. You go to the bathroom and all of a sudden you can't leave for two hours. And it's not because you're constipated. All right, you know what I mean? And uh, because you're experiencing the presence of the Lord anywhere that you're at, you know what I'm saying? And you think about revival, you have to be dead to be revived. What happens if you were never dead? What happens if you were close to the Lord on a regular basis all the time? Would you need a revival? And you think about this, should a revival happen in a church or should a church go have revival in bathrooms, in gyms, at work, or wherever? Come on, somebody. Can we take what we have and bring it to people? And what does that look like? There's so many things that we want to see, but the sustaining move of God has never been through a revival. Now, I'm not against them. I'm telling you what, love them. And when there's great worship, I love being in there because I love the presence of the Lord. I like going, I mean, they're fun. I've been to some of those things, you know what I mean? And, you, and, and, and they're awesome, but that's not how you live life. But they're fun. They're refreshing. But you know you can have refreshing all the time. When I taught on praise, if you did it, you started to experience revival. Because when you keep your mind on the Lord and you're praising him and thanking him for what he has done, no matter what's going on in your life, you start to bring the presence of the Lord in to your life. What does sustained relationship with the Lord look like? Oh, I mean, it's full of joy, unspeakable. It's full of the love of God, which we're teaching on right now and things like that, right? So much of what I do on a daily basis will determine the experience that I have with the Lord. But a deep experience with the Lord isn't always high and exciting. Sometimes it's like, how do you measure up with that verse you just read? Taylor wasn't like dancing and singing and in the bathroom for two hours over that verse. If he was, he was crying. And that challenge, why did the Lord challenge him? Challenges me, challenges you when you read the Bible. Why does he do that? So that you and I can become more like him so that when when we're out in the world, we have the resources within ourselves to be able to handle the challenges that come to us because Satan is the God of this world. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Come on, somebody. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. 
Last week, we talked about the love of God and how our faith is tied to that love. And sometimes, I'm telling you what, if your faith is just in this, this right here, the bottom line of faith, Jesus, you're good, it's going to be okay. If my faith is just right there, amen, you love me, and it's going to be okay. I don't know how. Right now, it doesn't feel like it, but I know that you love me, and it's going to be okay. How I many you know you're, you're, you're on your way to having victory based on what you're declaring? Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and it's so important what we say. We sang a song, you know, about shouting and the walls coming down. That's talking like about Jericho in the Bible. What did they do? They obeyed God. They shouted. The walls came down. Because of their obedience, they saw a miraculous move of God. And the next thing that happened is they lost the next battle because somebody in the move of God decided to disobey God, Achan, steal stuff from the first city, the tithe, so to speak, the first belonging to God, Achan, and people died because of his disobedience. Right in the middle of seeing a miracle. Can you imagine? Shouting, walls come down, and this says they walk straight through. I don't know what God did. I don't know if he took the walls and just pushed them into the ground. But somehow they walked straight in and took the city. The only part left was where Rahab the harlot was. Come on, somebody. Because she honored God. Think about that. She's in the lineage of Jesus, a prostitute in the lineage of Jesus. Talk about the you talk about something cool. The love of God so much so. You look at Jesus. I mean, you look at the lineage of Jesus. You look at how he got into this earth. You look at all these things. You know what it says? God's going, I love you so much you can't mess this thing up. If you'll keep looking to me, I'll get you to where you're supposed to be. Amen. So much to say. A lot of you been, you know, getting, hey, you've been praying Ephesians 3. Good job. Appreciate that. Thank you for those who have shared that with me. That prayer that we started with in Ephesians, it just talks about, you know, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm in, you know, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I love that, and I love the fact that I'm his child. Come on, somebody. But how many of you know we're in the midst of that, Jesus being the Son of God, you and I being in the family, in the midst of it, Jesus didn't just have this, 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 this just praise, worship experience the whole time he was on the earth, did he? Was he ever separated from the Father? No. Was he always in the perfect will of God? Yes. Did he walk in the fullness of the love of God? Yes. And there's times where he's going, how long am I going to be with you? What is going on? In the Garden of Gethsemane, he's going, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Come on, somebody. How I many you know? There was times that were trying for him, and he was never separated from the love of God. He was never separated from the Lord at all. He lived in what we would consider maybe eternal revival. He goes that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I love that. It's by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and height to know the love of Christ with passage knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And you think about it, there's only one way to the fullness of God. Right here, what does it say? 
It's not that hard. It's by the love of God. It's by knowing the love of God. When I know the love of God, I can be filled with his fullness. Why? Because I know he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I know that all the provisions that he promised me are mine, and they are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. I know that no matter how I'm feeling, that he is with me. Come on, somebody. If John three sixteen says, So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. And we look at this, God so loved. He loved so much that whoever believes in him, and notice it's not of works to prove my worth. It's so if I believe, it just comes by faith. He took the works and the earning part of it right out of it. Therefore, a prostitute, murderers, adulterers, and even real nice people can all get born again. I like that because in this room, I know some really rotten people that got born again. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I know, I know some really nice people that you would think they were born saved. They got born again. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And everybody in between. Amen. And it's like, man, that is so cool. So whatever I can believe about Jesus will start to produce in me the kingdom of God. Didn't Jesus say all things are possible to him who what? All right. To him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. All the kingdom of God is tied to this. I like it, have everlasting life. I mean, that's you know the quality of life that God gives us. He doesn't condemn the world. <clears throat> Romans 8, 1 says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on. He's not trying to, he's not trying to uh, uh, condemn us or coerce us into this. He's, he's given us this life. He's, he didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us and give us his life. All we need to do is believe to receive. He's not trying to move us through shame or guilt so we can all receive freely his life. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Greek there, the word become literally means to new life. It means to be birthed, to be reborn, or to become. And so how did I get righteousness? And many times when people think about righteousness, they're thinking about the things that I do. Right? Doesn't that pop into your mind? The world even says, hey, that was righteous. In other words, pure and good. Right. Jesus says, I'm birthing you into it. I'm recreating this righteousness inside of you. In other words, what he's saying, when you get born again, I am changing who you are. I don't care who I've led to the Lord, myself included, when I got born again, there was a life change that happened way before I knew the Bible. There were things I didn't want to do anymore. And I didn't even know why. I remember one time, I mean, we got born again June 24, and there was a really wild, great party that we used to go for, to on the 4th of July, look forward to it, plan for it, save money to do it. We got born again June 24. By July 4, Colleen and I are getting ready to go, and something inside of us says, we shouldn't do this. 
We're going, why? Why wouldn't we want to go? Why wouldn't we want to go get drunk out of our minds and get stoned and hang out with those kind of people? We had no clue why we shouldn't do that. But you know what? We didn't violate our conscience. We just, we had no clue that the Bible said anything about righteous living or anything like that. All we knew was, I don't know, I just don't think we should go. So we went, let's not go. Later on, we found out that getting drunk was sin. And we're like, you got to be kidding me. That's crazy. Who could live like that? Why would people do that? <laughs> so come on. It was foreign. But that's what the Bible said. Come on, somebody. So we said, all right, we don't get drunk anymore. That's it. No more drunken. Why do I need law if I have the Spirit of God inside of me who is perfection and righteousness? There's a purpose for it, and there's a whole teaching on that that we're not going to get into. Philippians, this is another prayer that is inspired by the Holy Spirit that is really, really, really good. It says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more, that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep growing in the knowledge and understanding for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ Jesus return man this love I'm going to be filled with the fullness of God through this love understanding this love and this love going on is going to cause me then to live this blameless life until Christ returns. And he says, may you always be filled with the fruits of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Christ or Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. Man, I'm telling you what, when I start to learn to live from the born-again spirit that's inside of me, come on, somebody, guess what will happen? My life will change. Now, last week, we kind of really talked about the love of God towards me. Right now, I want to talk a little bit about the love of God in me. Because that same love that God has for me will never leave me nor forsake me. That love that God that gives me all the promises are in him, yes and amen. That same God that paid the horrible price for me to get born again. That same love, he says this in Romans 5, 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Man, I'm telling you what, hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God, that same love that God has, has been put inside of us. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. This is an amazing scripture. As we read this, I want to just, I want you to think about this. I've got, it's crazy how many notes I have about just even just this one portion of scripture. It is amazing. Oh, let me see here. Boom. Nope. Anyway. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And I'm going to read this to you in the Amplified because I really think this breaks it down. And this is the love that God has placed inside of each one of us. Amen. It says, love endures long and is patient and kind. Okay, right there 
It never, love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious, boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, is not conceited. Now listen, arrogant and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly. It does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking, how many notice this is just, this is a little bit brutal on us. It is not touchy. Come on, somebody. Or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of evil done to it. Now listen to this. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Okay, you want to know why you need to be strengthened with might to walk in the love of God and to know the love of God? It's this kind of stuff right here. One. If I'm walking out the love of God, now I'm gonna, okay, I wanna share this with you. True spirituality is measured how. Many times people want to, you know, man, they're doing miracles or this is happening or that's happening. You know what I mean? They wanna measure spirituality like that, but spirituality isn't measured by power. Judas, who betrayed Jesus, who went to hell, walked in power. The Bible says, didn't we do miracles in your name, cast out demons in your name and all these things in your name? And he said, prophesy in your name. And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Power is not a measure of spirituality. What is? Love. How much love? I'm, why, why? Because, well, I'll read this in a minute, but Galatians tells us the fruit of the spirit, the born again spirit, the you know, Holy Spirit within us, any way you want to look at that is love. The measure of a mature Christian is that. that spirituality is measured by the love walk. And I need to be strengthened with might through his spirit, my inner man, to be able to do these things. I cannot do these things on my own. Why? Because my flesh, my feelings, my emotions will not line up with love. Can you imagine this? Taking no record of wrong done to it. Is it possible? And his answer is absolutely yes. Remember in, let me come back to this if I, if I can. Bears up under anything. I mean, listen to this. Oh, there's so much to this. Okay. Matthew 5, tells us to do what? Love, bless, do good and pray. It says, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do, do good to those who spitefully use you and persecute you. He says to love, do good, and pray for, you know, pray. How many of you know that is contrary to the natural person? That is supernatural. There is no way you can love your enemy without being born again, without the nature of God in you. This is the love of God being manifest in you. And man, you got to cry out, Lord Jesus, help me. And I'm going to do this. But you know what happens when you do it? You get free from all the sin that has been committed against you. I know people that have been abused their entire life sexually. And I'm talking from infancy. Don't have any remembrance of their dad not raping them on a continual basis. You talk about a violation. And this person got born again and they were telling me the story of how they forgave their dad and how then they became free. And his sin no longer dictated her future. She goes, it wasn't easy. 
It wasn't something that I could just go, oh, I choose to forgive my dad. She had to pray. Now you think about this in Ephesians 6, 10, it says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I think it's this. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? What does he want to steal from you? He wants to steal and he wants to destroy the love walk that God has placed inside of you. And the number one way he's going to do it is through offense. Number one way he can do that so easily is to get somebody to hurt your feelings, somebody to make you mad, somebody, all you need to do is watch the news and you're going to get mad at the government. I'll guarantee you that. But I can't let that bother me. I can't let that stop my love walk. I'm going to have a response to things. And and let me just share this with you. Let's, Let's go here. It says this. It does not rejoice at injustice. This is love. This is verse 6, 1 Corinthians. It says, it does not rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. You know, this is why we need to be strengthened with might, but this is also, this is why I cannot support same-sex marriage because it is, it is not righteous. I can love the people that are, that are in that lifestyle. I can love them as a human being. I can love them because God made them, Right? But I cannot support same-sex marriage because it is against the design of God. It's not in, it is sin, and I can't support sin in many forms, right? I can't support abortion. I just can't. I can't see how that's not destroying a human being. In my mind, in, my, in the way that I think, in the way that I see that. And man, I'm telling you what, you look at those ultrasounds now, it's like a stinking photograph. Fingers, nose, eye. I mean, it is amazing how that, it looks just like a little human being. Okay, we'll just leave it right there. Because if you saw what they do when they do an abortion, it is gross. Because it doesn't look like a human being anymore once it comes out. I cannot, but I can love the person that has had an abortion. I can even love the person, the, the, the doctors that do the abortion. And I can love them enough to tell them the truth. The Lord will forgive you, but what you're doing is sin. And he'll receive you, and he'll put his love inside of you. He'll change your nature if you'll surrender to him. And if you'll accept his salvation, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's why I've led two hitmen for the mafia to the Lord, believe it or not. One of them was like, I just, I, you know, I make sure that I only kill bad people. I'm going like, I get it, I get it, you know what I'm saying? And boom, you know, and that that person unfortunately didn't make it out of that, but he got born again. And then he went missing. But I was like, listen, this is, and he got born again. He literally went, I need Jesus. And he got born again, why? 
There's no condemnation. I don't care what you've done. If you get in Christ Jesus, there's new life for you. The, the thief on the cross, <laughs> he made it in. You talk about by the skin of your teeth getting into heaven. Right there. What works was he going to do to undo his sin on the cross? How much penance could he do to get saved? Zero. Because it's by believing. So we put on the armor of God to fight against the things that come against the love of God in me. And I'll tell you what, you're going to have your armor on a lot if you really try to live the love of God that placed inside of you. Because there's a lot that happens in this world to get us out of this love. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. This is inside of you. This is the love of God in you. The fruit of the Spirit is love expressed in joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. For those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's walk in the Spirit. How am I going to walk in the Spirit? How do I know that I'm walking in the Spirit? I'm walking out this love that God has placed inside of me. That's why you should memorize 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. You'll recognize when you're not walking in love then. You should memorize Matthew 5, 44. Why? Because I'll know when I'm not walking in love. Listen to this in the Passion Translation. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love and all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. I don't know about you. That has never been something in me that's been like totally like the, the, the mark of my life. Oh, Angie, just <laughs> shut up right now. Amen. You know, it's like... <laughs> that's not biblical. <laughs> The, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm serious. If you're around, I'm serious. I, I'm just kind of more of a serious guy. Now, I like to joke around. I like, you know, I got a good sense of humor and all that kind of stuff. But I could sit with you for hours and say nothing and be totally okay with it. My wife and I, there's a lot of times we're just hanging out with each other. Guess what? Worse <laughs> You'd think these guys are the most boring couple in the entire universe. And we don't care. We're just loving it. You know, we're loving it. You know, we'll sit and read a book. We're sitting together. We're both reading a book. Boring. We go on vacation. You know what we love to do? Give me a beach and a book. And somebody can go, hey, can you bring this over to my, you know. And I'll read book after book after book and just have the time of my life. Love it. Hop on my motorcycle for hours all by myself. Just enjoy it. Think. And the Lord, in my ordination, spoke to me through the prophet Kenneth Hagin and said, you need to laugh more. This is still something I work on big time. And it's just like joy that overflows, peace that subdues. Can you imagine walking into a place? You got so much peace that you subdue the atmosphere. 
Everybody's in stress and all this other kind of strife. You walk in, my peace just subdued the whole room. <laughs> What's happening? I've been carrying this more. I've been carrying this more because I had a trial where I had to forgive a bunch of people. And I just went, and I got on my knees and I prayed and I'm in my imagination would see them and hug them and love on them. So that when I do see them, I'm going to see them and hug on them and love them. And totally, totally doesn't matter. I don't even care what you did. And I just wrestle with it. Like wrestle with it. I had to do this with our president right now because I don't think he's doing, my own opinion, you might have a different opinion, it doesn't really matter, I'm just talking about my personal testimony right now. This is just my, my testimony. Okay, if I was the president, I'd screw it up too and people would be forgiving me. <laughs> All right, I guarantee you I'd be a terrible president. But I mean, I was just like, Thank you, Jesus. If I see him, I'm going to hug him. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to love on him. Tell him about you like crazy until they kick me out. Peace and endures. Kindness in action. Is that you? Can we just like, when we put up your picture, do people go, kindness in action? Right there. Woo! <laughs> Come on. Some of you do this really good. Some of you might want to read that again. <laughs> a life full of virtue, faith that prevails. You know what that means? You see somebody going through stuff. It doesn't look like it's working out, but they just keep, Jesus loves me, so it's going to be okay. Jesus loves me, it's going to be okay. It doesn't look like you're winning. It's okay, Jesus loves me, it's going to be okay. They just can't, you just can't get them off Jesus. And Jesus loves me, and it's going to be okay. It doesn't look like it's working. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. What if I totally lose and I die? Jesus loves me, and it's okay, because <laughs> I'm with him, amen? This is love, this is love. This is what love will do with you. Love looks like this. Gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. The laws are. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. See, this is, this is somebody who's spiritual right here. This is the life of the spirit. This is, this is how you know somebody is spiritual right here. Why? Because these are the qualities, and they repent quickly around these qualities. Crucified their flesh. I mean, I, Taylor, I don't know what it's like when the Lord told you, he says, how do you measure up with this? You know what I mean? Because literally what it means is the Lord's got to be the, the primary love of my life. And when he is, everything else will work out. Every, all other relationships that I can't, I wouldn't even be married right now if it wasn't for Jesus helping me. Guarantee it. 
Well, I, I was a unit, baby. You know, I, we, had, we both had a lot to learn about being married and how to stay together. And it wasn't easy at all. And there's times the Holy Spirit would say, you better go in and talk to her, or you better do this for her, or you better do that. And I'm going, why? He goes, you better just do it. <laughs> if you want to stay married, boy, you better go do it. And little did I know how the Lord set that up for her to feel and experience love in a way that just did not make sense to me. I'm not smart enough to stay married. I'm not smart enough to, you know what I mean? None of us are really. Can I just share that? None of us are smart enough on our own to do life described like what we just read. None of us. That's why we don't judge one another, but we can pray for each other. We can encourage one another. And if we will be serious about walking in this love that God has placed inside of us, I'm telling you what, life and the church will look different. Talked with somebody the other day, and this is just, this is really one of the saddest testimonies I've ever heard. You know, and, and this is where I think the charismatic Pentecostal word of faith movement has placed power above love as a measure of spirituality. And this person uh, was, in a, was in an accident and really got really messed up and they walk with the limp and they're in a lot of pain. These church asked him to leave because he didn't receive his healing because it was a bad testimony. I go, you gotta be kidding me. But see, when we're motivated by our own desires and our own reputation and our own whatever, we will drive and push people to experience something that we think is a standard of God when it may not be at all. Can somebody be in a wheelchair and love Jesus and, and, and be spiritual and walk in a ton of love way better than somebody who's not? It could be a possibility, amen? When is healing the measure of your spirituality? But healing is a measure of the gift of God coming through. And it happens now and then, but I, do, you know what I mean? But I don't think that that is, that is the measure of love. And too many times I think people are praying for people because they want to see a miracle. They want to see things, but are they considering the person that needs the miracle? What? Self-centered, exactly. I'm doing this because I think I need to or whatever. Hey, I, I believe in laying hands on the sick and they will recover. I absolutely do. I, I believe that with my whole heart. But I've also learned I will injure your faith and my faith if you're not ready to receive something from the Lord if I do that. And would I be loving if I didn't ask if you were ready for that? No, I wouldn't be loving at all. And we try to, try to force our level of faith on somebody else and they might not be there. And so in love, I gotta just take them on a journey and what if healing is never a part of that journey and they die and go to heaven? But the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate salvation, sozo, the thing that the Lord says that we receive by faith, includes wholeness. It absolutely does. 
But if we can't master this love walk, and if we can't sacrifice and pray and fast and do whatever to be able to walk in all of this, have we really achieved what we're supposed to achieve? And I think as a pastor and as a church, where does the revival need to start? It needs to start with the love of God. It needs to start right here within all of us. Amen? And then, this is what I do. You know, there's people in my life that I look at them and I go, man, you're just doing that so much better than I do. (laughs) And I look at them and I go, Lord, teach me how they do that. Or just, you know, I just kind of grab onto, you know, them as an example of that faithfulness or that gentleness, that love, that joy, that whatever. And I just try to imagine myself being like that. That way, then everybody around you can be your mentor, so to speak, because you know what? One person might be strong in this aspect of love. This person might be great in this aspect of love. That one would be that. You know what I mean? And so now we get to encourage one another and strengthen one another in this whole thing called love. And when we pray for one another, what if, what if somebody's dealing with Satan came in? They don't have their armor on. They're not able to resist the attack that came against them. Can we encourage them and help them to walk in forgiveness and love and all those things? And I think the answer is Yes. How about when somebody goes through something and they're feeling condemned? Can we just like come to them and just go, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. How about if we just now just get, let's just, let's come to him. Let's get your heart healed of the crap that you just went through. Get you set free. Because the mark of those and the mark of those who are spiritual is this. They walk in freedom. Because God has placed it inside of us and that freedom is called love. Did you notice that nothing can overcome those who are walking in this love? There's no law for them. There's nothing. No condemnation. No nothing. Man, they're just walking in victory all the time. Even when it doesn't look like it. I got the peace that passes understanding guarding my heart and mind. This is the thing that's coming out of my mouth. Jesus loves me. It's going to be okay. <laughs> It doesn't look like the doctor says it ain't okay. The doctor says you're going to die. It's okay. Jesus loves me. It's going to be okay. It's going to be totally okay. Because in reality, I don't care. Then, walking in love, faith can become strong. And I can receive from the Lord because he loves me. And I can give to others. Why? Because I know he loves them. This is why faith works by love. And this is where faith becomes strong. You want a strong faith, you have to learn love. Because then love and faith is going to cause you to do things that might not make sense in your head. But they're going to make sense in the kingdom. Mm Mm-hmm. It starts pulling on you. Yeah. Little things. Like I had this really expensive shirt that was like like crazy, like crazy, stupid expensive. 
Got it on sale, but it was super, I don't even have to justify it. It was crazy expensive. I bought several of them after that, but it's like, this is my first really expensive shirt. Come on, somebody. I'm going to mess the story up. I just got the gist of it that I remember, but it was like, the Lord says, I want you to give so-and-so your shirt. I'm like, Jesus, I just got this shirt. He goes, what if I want to love on them and give them your shirt? Is it your shirt or my shirt? <laughs> right now it feels like mine. Tell you the truth. <laughs> I kind of like it. I was at a conference and I left without my shirt. Now Taylor wears a lot of them. They, 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 they last so long that I get sick of them and I give them to Taylor and they still look brand new. And then, you know, whatever, and other people and all kinds of people, wear my clothes if you're my size. But at that point, it was like, can love do something that I don't want to do? <laughs> can love do something through me that I don't want to do would probably be a better way to say it. Because there's been times where I didn't want to witness to people that were scary. And I've witnessed to a lot of them, and I've led a lot of them to the Lord. I've learned not to hesitate to witness to scary people. Actually, I found that scary people are a lot more open than people that look like they got it all together. I'm actually more scared of normal people now. <laughs> Give me that scary biker person. Amen. I'll tell them about Jesus. Amen. Hey, at least you know where you stand. They say, get out of my face, or they say, tell me more. I was like, okay. And they respect you for telling them about Jesus. That's what I've experienced. Amen. We have to quit now because I hear a bunch of kids in children's church like making noise. Love of God towards us, and there's so much to say about that, but the, the God has poured his love upon us. So therefore I can say, Jesus loves me, it's going to be okay. The love of God in us causes me to be like him so that I can have victory in every area and I can give that love to others. And then that becomes the love of God not only in me, but the love of God through me. And next time I teach on this, I'm going to teach big time on the love of God through me. And it's going to be really good. Amen? Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your grace and your goodness. And we appreciate you and we thank you. Thank you for the grace that you've placed upon the children's ministry and, and, and all those kids. And thank you that you opened up all their hearts. And thank you for what we heard today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be able to take whatever nugget, because really we walk away with nuggets, not, not whole sermons. So Holy Spirit, quicken a nugget to each one of us today that we can go home with and live. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Now, here's the deal. Go get your kids as quickly as you can, but here's the deal. If you need prayer, want prayer, please come on up. If you're not born again and you want to know what it's like to have the life of Jesus in you and that love inside of you, come on up. I'd love to share that with you. Love you guys. Be blessed. See ya. Thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed the message. If you're looking to see us in person or online, we are on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page, Resonate Church, or live in person every week, Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. 
You can also visit our website, resonline.org, to find us there. Remember, let's reach the world from Nuego and make it hard to go to hell from Michigan.